0: Good morning. It's, it's interesting because we haven't really had those kind of like, uh, you know, meet and greet type of seasons. You can always tell the extroverts because they're like, how are you over there? How's it going? You know, that that would be Wendy, my wife, my lovely wife. She's going to yell, how are you? And so so good to have Wendy here. Love you, boo. Um, we I just, you know, just keep it real. That's how it is. But uh, it's Vision Weekend. I love moments like this. We take times like this the course of the year uh, to just really talk about where we're going as a church family to, for us personally to listen God what are you saying to us what are you doing what what what, what are you up to and what are you saying to us as a church and uh, pastor Jeff and then us as a lead team coming together going this is this is the direction we feel God's leading us in this season and there's a couple of things I'm gonna share with you uh, I, we're gonna we're gonna get there in a little bit but some real practical things that we're going to do, that because uh, we like to make it practical and tangible for you, that we're going to do coming into this fall, but we're really going to dial into, God, what are you saying? Let's let's dial into what he's saying, and let's hear what he's saying, and, and really begin to open up and see, all right, God, where's the vision that you have for us and for us as a church family? But one of the things I'm really excited about is I'm just so proud of you. Uh, I said it earlier, you're such a generous church, and not only are you a, a generous church, you're a fun church, okay? And I know that because if you were here on Tuesday night, we had Summer Splash, our women's event, and let me tell you, we had a blast. I mean, who knew, you know, coming to a women's event, I'd have a good time, we'd have a good time. Part of the reason I have a good time is because I'm up here with Wendy, my lovely wife, and uh, it's fun and funny, and she'll say things that I'm surprised that she will say if you were here at the women's night, you know what I'm talking about. I cannot repeat on a Sunday morning, but... Uh, She was like, it's fine, it's a women's event. I was like, okay, all right, I guess it's fine. But it was amazing to see. We had uh, 125 watch parties all across DFW. I mean, ladies were like setting up their own photo booth. There were women on back patios, women in homes. It was amazing to see because we know that everyone's in a different place. And the truth is, not only that, we also had limited seating capacity, not only here in McKinney, but especially uh, in Keller. And so, you know, there was limited seating for people to be there. So we encouraged people hey, gather with some ladies that you're close to. And, and you did. You gathered, people were gathering all over DFW watching online. I know here, particularly in this campus, it was. Really exciting to see there were so many new women that were here. This was their first time to be at Summer Splash. Many of them were new ladies who had just started coming since we started regathering, and it was really neat to see. Sheila Walsh had an amazing message. I, I, every woman I talked to just talks about how grateful they were for Sheila's message, how transparent she was, and how impactful it was. And so, way to go! Even though it looked different this year, Summer Splash. Even though it looked different, we still were able to see God do some amazing things here in the building as well as homes all across the DFW area. And then last week as well, on Monday, just before Summer Splash, one of the things that we do in this season, you know, it's back to school. We're getting dialed into back to school and what that looks like. We did our back to school drive. And I just want to tell you, milestone, you were like above and beyond. I showed up one day in the office. I was like, what's going on? Is it like Christmas? Because we did it a little different. Sometimes you'd bring stuff up here uh, for the back to school drive. This year we did it virtual, where you could go on to, I think it was Target or something, and you could pick what you wanted to give and you had it delivered to the church. I walked in, there was like boxes all over the place. It did. It looked like Christmas. And that's just your generosity. You went above and beyond, blessed these families with school supplies. How many know it's a little challenging right now? You're like, do I need school supplies for my house because it's going to be virtual? Do I need school supplies? Do they need a backpack? Do they need a lunchbox? Are they going to be in school? Are not going to be in school? I don't know. What does it look like? And so you were so generous and these families were so blessed. Not only did they get resources like backpacks and paper and just practical things, pencils and colors and all that stuff, but we also blessed them with a gift card for other things that they could also purchase to be able to get ready for this new school season. And, and that really does tie into today is not only Vision Weekend, it's teacher appreciation. And uh, this moment always has a special time in, in my heart because my mom was an educator for over 40 years. And so, you want to talk about a group of individuals that have dedicated their life to serving and caring for other people? It's teachers. And so, I'm going to give you four warning teachers. I'm going to ask you to stand in a little bit because I'm going to pray for you. Now, why am I giving you forewarning? Because you're really good at giving your kids direction and you want them to follow. You don't really follow directions very well. At the first service, I had to be like, stand up. Stand up. It was like pulling teeth. I almost went and I knew a few of the teachers. I almost went and just picked them up and had them stand up. Like I had to like, wait for them. You know. So we're going to take a moment. So I'm giving you forewarning. Okay, I'm going to ask you to stand. So stand when I ask you to stand because we're going to pray for you. Because I know that in this season, how I many of you know it's challenging for teachers right now? I know it's challenging for families, it's challenging for teachers. We actually, this year online, we had teachers fill out forms online. And uh, if you're in here and you haven't had a chance, there's actually a number we're going to ask you to text. You can text in and uh, you can text this number in, text teacher to this number. We just want to make not only record of you being here so we know how to best serve you in the future, but here's the other thing is we want to ask you in that form, you're going to get a form in that form, there's an opportunity for you to fill out a prayer request. And, you know, there's about 600 teachers all across uh, Milestone that call Milestone home. And as I was reading through those, some of those were here in the McKinney area, some of those obviously in the keller Hazlitt area, and it was like, overwhelming as I read through them. Everyone just, peace, peace, peace. I was one of them that stuck out to me, Cammie, who said, not only does she need peace because she's trying to wrap her brain around all the technology and the changes, but she just had... Uh, shoulder surgery, and she's like, "Can you pray for my shoulder?" Yes, we can. How I many you know? You got real life stuff, but then you also got this new season you're walking into as teachers. Um, I think a Jessica Sargent, her and Barry and their family, are very active, and you know they actually haven't even they've been watching online this whole time since 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 uh it, it went to kind of shelter in place, and so we've been praying for them, and she's praying just pray for unity for. These teachers, we have so many new teachers coming in, and so we're gonna take an opportunity to bless them for every teacher that's here and even those that are watching online. So if you know a teacher, you can write that number down shoot it to them. We want to be a blessing to them. We're actually mailing many of those like Jessica and others that are watching online. We're mailing a gift to them. We have a gift. There's like a water bottle that we have. It's got some scripture on it. And then there's a uh, there's some Amazon gift cards. There's Amazon gift cards attached to that because how many of you know, I can remember my mom always having to buy supplies and buy things to be able to uh, get ready for lesson planning and to get their room ready. And so teachers after the service at the Information Center on your way out, we have that gift that we wanna make sure that we give you. So here's what I'm asking you to do. Teachers, why don't you stand up? Stand to your feet. Come on, teachers in the room, where you at? Give these teachers a big hand. Thank you, teachers. All our private and public school teachers, yes. Okay, let's pray, let's pray for them. Father, I thank you for these teachers. Thank you for these individuals who have given their life Lord, to serving other people, they've dedicated their career, they dedicated their, their higher education and their higher learning to be able to learn how to equip and empower others. And so, thank you for their commitment to that. I pray for peace as they walk into this new season. I pray that you would encourage them and strengthen them. I pray that you would even quicken their minds and their hearts as there's so many things they're having to pivot with and they're having to acclimate to and adjust to and learning how to learn. And Whether it's virtual, whether it's in person, or whether it'll vacillate between both, I pray give them strength in this season. Thank you for the blessing that they are. In Jesus' name. Amen. Give them one more big hand. Thank you so much. We love our teachers. Well, open up your Bibles, Deuteronomy chapter 2, verse 1. We're going to get there in just a little bit, but uh, I don't know about you, but during this uh, season of uh, early on in shelter in place and COVID-19, I kind of started this just to help me when I was working from home. I just needed to shift gears. I kind of go on like these evening walks, right? Just I needed a change of scenery. I needed to go from, all right, I've been in kind of work mode to like I'm husband, dad mode. So we would go on these walks and the girls started uh, to want to go on these walks with me. And when they would go, sometimes there'd be scooters involved, sometimes there'd be crashes involved, uh, sometimes there was none. They would just kind of run along with me. But as we were were doing these walks, they they wanted to play this game, which I remembered when I was a kid playing this game, And, and maybe you remember too, it's called Red Light, Green Light. Anyone ever played red light, green light? You played it. Maybe you still play it, you know. Um, You know, you, you play it with your kids. And so, you know, it's kind of basically you're like, all right, green light. So they can go and they can run or they can scooter. And then you're like, red light. And you stop, you know. And so then sometimes I'd get distracted. I'd forget. And they're like, dad, we're way down the road. How about a red light? You know, it's like, all right, stop, red light, you know. Or, you know, I'd walk up on them. And they're like, dad, like. We've been sitting here waiting for you for like five minutes. Can we get a green light, please? You know, so, so then I'm like, okay, well, I got to step up my red light, green light game, right? You know, so I'd I'd be like, green light, red light. And then they get mad because, like, Dad, that's too quick. Like, we can't get anywhere. And, and I started thinking about that game. And we had a lot of fun. And we don't do many evening walks anymore because, like, the hottest part of the day is now, like, 7 o'clock at night. I'm like, I ain't walking, you know. And they ain't wanting to do early morning walks. So we don't do it as much now in August. I'm sure we'll pick it back up. But I thought about that game as I thought about you and as I, as I prepared for today and in praying for you. And I thought about, I think some of us could feel that way in the season we're in. With all the change in routine and with all the things that's going on in society and all the things that's going on with, with COVID-19 and shelter in place and what's the best way to go, you can feel like you're in this season of just red light, green light, green light, red light. Start, stop, start, stop, start, stop, and it can become difficult. It can become overwhelming. It kind of it throws us off a little bit, and it can be hard. And, and the truth is, one of the ways to get through that and to get past that is to think about vision. You see, vision really acclimates us to know what to do when. It acclimates us to know what we should be saying yes to and what we should be saying no to. I say this often, that, that sometimes we try, and, and even in this season, you're trying to find balance. Well, balance really is elusive. Really, I, I say this, balance is not finding the middle ground, because if you try and find the middle ground, you always feel like you're being something that you're not, and you're never able to be who you really are. Balance really is probably more appropriately put, knowing what to be when. You see, if you're going to find balance in your life, you've got to know what to be when. Well, what allows us to do that? What helps us do that? It's vision. Vision helps us do that. And probably the most recognizable scripture when it comes to vision is Proverbs 29, 18. And here's what Proverbs 29, 18 says. It says, where there's no vision, the people are unrestrained. Some translations say the people cast off restraint, meaning you had restraint and you threw it off, you let it go. Some people's one, one translation says, where there's no vision, the people perish." But happy is he who keeps the law. You see, we've been in a season where seemingly during quarantine and shelter in place, you've been the most restrained. There's all these perhaps restrictions and guidelines and you feel the most restrained. But it may also have become one of the seasons where you've become the most unrestrained in other areas of life. Perhaps areas that we should have a little more restraint. Areas that we should have a little more boundaries and clarity. Because see, restraint in and of itself isn't bad. Restraint gives clear lines and direction. Restraint is is where boundaries come in, and you know where to stop and where to stop and and, or where to start and where to stop. and, And what happens is vision is what allows us to gain those things. That's why vision is so important. That's why mornings like today are so important. You see, I'm reminded of when uh, Wendy and I were younger and, and we were dating and then engaged and married. And, I, and I've learned a lot, I think, Boo, would you attest to? I've learned a lot through marriage after 18 years. I feel like I've grown. I still got some growing to do. We were on vacation and we were driving and she was sharing something with me. And I was like, okay, I resemble and receive that remark. You know, I, I got to grow in that. I, I hear what you're saying. I'm picking up what you're laying down. And And so I remember one of the early things I had to learn In marriage is, you know, I started recognizing one of the gifts of marriage is to recognize that the commitment I now entered into brought a measure of good restraint to the life that I was previously living. There was a way in which I lived prior to that commitment, but when I came into a commitment, it brought another level of restraint and direction and boundaries. I can remember there was this season where we were either dating and about to get engaged, maybe we were engaged. But we worked together. We were in ministry together and we shared an office and there was two other people who shared office with us. So it was like a square and you had like uh desks in the corner and they kind of all connected and and so I was in one corner and Wendy was in the other and you know, I'm young and, and don't know much better and so we'd work together all day long, right? And and so then at the end of the day I'm like, All right boo, I'll see you later. I'm going I'm going to play ball with the guys at the gym. It's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I'm I'm talking about, I'm going to play guy, ball with the guys at the gym. She's like, I want to spend time with you. I was like, babe, I've spent all day with you. Like, we, we work next to each other, our desks are next to each other. We work on the second floor. We rode the elevator up together. I mean, surely, is that enough? That's not, you see, if you've done any, there's this book called The Five Love Languages. One of the love languages is Quality Time. In my mind, I thought that was quality time. Apparently, unbeknownst to me, working together and riding the elevator to the second floor together does not equal quality time. I mean, no, it was a rough season for me till I got that revelation, which she quickly helped me learn that revelation. And I began to realize, look, this level of commitment brings a level of restraint. You see, we all at some varying spot in our relationship with Christ, we have a level of commitment. Well, that level of commitment brings a level of restraint. Where there's no vision, the people cast off restraint. The people are unrestrained. And I think God's bringing us into a season where He's going. I want us to dial into a vision I have for you personally. I want us to dial into the vision that we have as a church because when you do, you start walking with a measure of constraint. There's nothing wrong with that. That's actually a good thing, it's a benefit. And if you've been in any level of commitment or relationship, you understand the conversations and accountability of restraints is beneficial to you because it actually helps you get to where you're actually wanting to go. And so that's what today is about, and we're going to look at the people of Israel, that God was bringing them into a place, we're going, hey, hey, I want us to bring us back to a place of vision, I want to bring us back into an understanding of the constraints I have, the things, the boundaries, the guidelines, the direction that I want to send you, because I have a purpose, a plan, and a promise for you. When you look at this story in Deuteronomy, it's probably one of the the greatest transitional moments in the Bible that people recognize. Obviously, Jesus coming in, it changed the course of history. He's born, then his life, then he dies on the cross, but probably one of the most recognizable uh, transitions that happens to people, that people recognize is what happens to the people of Israel when God sets them free from Egypt delivers them, if you you know the story, if you don't know the story, there's this group of people, God's chosen people, the Israelites, and they were in slavery, some theologians say for more than 400 years, they were in slavery, and then God sends Moses to help them and to deliver them out of slavery in Egypt, And so as he begins to do this, he comes and he uses uh, these plagues and Moses and Moses says, okay, boom, I let my people go. Then Pharaoh lets them go and they're walking along and they come to the Red Sea and Moses puts his staff in the Red Sea and the Red Sea parts and they walk across on dry land. Well, part of the journey was there was this area called the wilderness. In some translations, it's characterized as a desert. And now they have to walk through this desert. And what should have been just a few-day journey through a desert turns into 40 years of walking round and round and round in circles. And during that time, the people start grumbling and they start complaining. They actually start going, we want to go back to Egypt. Can we go back to slavery? I mean, think about that. If you have ever been set free from something that was a bondage in your life or was a difficult situation to think, man, I want to go back to that. Think about the mental state and the perspective that people had to have. And now we're picking up on the words of Moses in Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 2, starting in verse 1. This is Moses speaking here. And he says, for a long time, we made our way around the hill country of Seir. So, You see the picture, for a long time, okay, 40 years to be exact. Then the Lord said to me, you have made your way around this hill country long enough, now turn and go north. It's at this point that God now goes, look, after 40 years, God's saying enough is enough, It's it's time to go north. It's time to go north, it's time to change direction. I'm reminded that when we come into seasons and the winds of change begin to blow, they kind of set us sometimes off course. While we were on vacation last week, Camden and I were kayaking. While I was kayaking, she was riding. She was enjoying the ride, you know. And so I'm just, here we go, you know. And we were heading out and then we turned back around and the winds began to shift. And you could see the water. Shift, And that kayak, the nose of that kayak just started turning left. Had I not done anything, what would I have done? I would have just simply kept drifting. And I would have just kept off course. And I probably even would have been heading around in circles. So I had to work that much harder to work against the wind. Because I had a vision and a direction of where I wanted to go. This is what's happening here. You see, what's the point of the story? Well, why, why Old Testament? Why Moses? Why the people of Israel? Why, why are you sharing this, Pastor Because They walked around the hill over and over, over and over, and God says, go north, change direction. Because I think for some of us, we have felt like we've we're, we got a lot of movement, but not a lot of progress. We feel like we're going in circles and we're going around the same, cir- the same mountain over and over and over and over again. And God's saying, it's time to start making progress. It's time, boom, let's head north. Let's head north. And you think, well, Pastor Chris, I mean, this is Old Testament. Does it really apply to today? Well, let's look at Jesus. So I think it's always a good habit, a good good process to go, okay, I'm going to look at the Bible and I have an opportunity to look at the Old Testament and the New Testament and then also look at how Jesus, how does Jesus fit into this? You see, the people of Israel went through the wilderness, but can I tell you something? Jesus went through the wilderness as well. In fact, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 4, at the end of that chapter, he's baptized by his, his cousin, John the Baptist. The Bible says that actually the heavens opened up, a dove came down, an audible voice from heaven said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And then it says that he went into the desert. He was there for 40 days. He was tempted. The enemy came against him and and challenged him. And yet while he was in the desert, while he was in the wilderness, and he experienced the same thing the Israelites did. He came out more intentional, more focused, more dialed into what God was saying to him and what God had put in his life to do. You see, the the, the Israelites went into the wilderness and it was 40 years a big difference between 40 years and 40 days. You see, 40, 40 years or 40 days will grow your faith. 40 years will erode your future. It doesn't, the the truth is that whether it's the people of Israel, whether it's Jesus or us, we're all going to walk through the desert. We're all going to walk into a wilderness. The question is not will we walk through the wilderness. The question is how will we behave in the wilderness because how we behave in the wilderness as we're on that journey, as we're walking through, will determine what we look like on the other end of the wilderness. How are we going to respond to what God is wanting to do inside of us? How are we going to say, God, okay, what are you saying? Because here's what I want us to understand and I want to get is See, it's always a part of the process of what God leads us through. So in reality, you may not actually be stuck and you may not actually, yes, you're going in circles, but it's not because you're just stuck. One, it could be, you may be in a season. God's leading you through And you may think, man, I wish the season was 10 days. It turns out to be 40 days. I wish it would be a little quicker. If you're in a season, how do you know, am I in a season or am I going in circles? Are you moving forward or are you just kind of a lot of movement, no progress, going in circles? You see, so you may be in a season. You may not actually be stuck. Or maybe you're not in a season. Maybe you just stopped. You stop moving forward. You stop listening to what God was wanting to do in your heart and your life. You stopped learning. You stopped forgiving. You stop pressing in and trusting into the Lord. You stop listening to what he had to say. But I want you to know that you don't have to do that. God's saying, I have a vision for your life, and you can continue to move forward. And that's what Paul starts talking about. So you can see, look, here's the Old Testament. Here's how it applies to Jesus. Now look at what Paul is talking about here in the New Testament, he's referring to the same group of people. He's referring to Moses and the Israelites, and he says, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1, For I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud, and they all passed through the sea. He's talking about the Israelites, talking about crossing the Red Sea. There's a story of as they walked through the desert, there was fire by night and a cloud by day that covered them. They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. So they all experienced the same thing. They all experienced this freedom, and they were all in this process together. Yet here's what it says, verse 5. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them. Their bodies were scattered in the wilderness and now these things occurred as examples to keep us from setting our hearts on the evil things as they did. You see, they grumbled, they complained, and many of them missed out on the promise that God had for them. Now, there was a generation that did walk into the promised land. And I want us to be able to walk into that promised land. Paul's saying, listen, this same experience is... is Sim, it's similar to the things that we can experience in our own life. And, and here's what I want you to understand. I want you to hear my heart for you. Listen, we are all in different places. There are many of us, we're able to be in the building. Many of you have lots of, I've loved it because there's so many new families and yet there are so many families that have yet to been able to come back. There are some families that started to come back and then they, for whatever reason, they, they're not able to come back right now. They're having to watch at home or watch with their family. There's an individual, Very key leader in our spiritual family, served, helped. He was here day one when we opened back up. Well, he's got a loved one that is in a situation in their health that now requires him to go, I'm going to have to step back from larger gatherings and I can't be apart like I used to be. So everyone's in a different place. Don't hear what I'm not saying. You, 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 you may even be thinking, oh, I know what he's getting to. It's about, you know, come. No, no. I'm not talking about gathering or not gathering. I'm not talking about masks or no mask. I'm not talking about this, that, or the other. I'm talking about that since spring break, in our hearts, we've been circling a mountain going round and round and round and round, and, round, and God's going, time to go north. I have a vision for your life. I have something in store for you. I have a purpose and a destiny. There's a commitment that you and I have to one another. You're a Christian. You're a follower of Christ. You're part of building the kingdom. And so there's some restraints. And while there are some areas we've had restraint in, there just may have been some areas that unintentionally we threw off restraint. And we wonder why we feel what we feel. It's a lack of vision. But we're going to walk with vision. God's given us vision. So, so what are we going to do? Because here's what I've learned about myself in this season. Because what's in you will come out of you. How hey, you know what I'm talking about? Like what, Pressure doesn't cause things. It just reveals it. Right? And there have been some things that I've recognized in a, in a chaotic season, in pressure-filled season. I'm like, man, that, that came out of me, and that was a good thing. There was also some stuff that came out of me. I'm like, yeah, I've got to deal with that. That's not that good. I didn't, I, I didn't realize that was still there. I didn't realize that. Well, man, I, I've done some work in that area of my life. But man, God, you put some more pressure on and that's starting to come out of me. I got to work on that because what's in you will come out of you. So what's God wanting to do? What are we gonna do this fall? What's God speaking to us? What God, what is God gonna say? I'm setting it up, I want you to understand. We've been going in circles, round and round and round and round and round, and we're trying to get used to this new normal, and God's going, go north. Uh, Can I tell you something? COVID-19 did not change God's plan for us and the Great Commission. We're still going to move forward. We're still going to accomplish it. Now, will we be safe? Will we have good social distancing? Yes. Will there be people that watch online? Absolutely. So guess what? For us as a church, we're going, how do we serve those people? How do we have healthy, life-giving, reaching people, building lives, people getting discipled in small groups when they're watching online? Not just simply turning it on and okay, I'll watch it and it's just this, I'm just taking in information. No, we're not not looking for people just to gain content and information. We want heart transformation because we know that when people experience Jesus, it transforms their life. It transforms their family. It transforms their community and that's what we're looking for. So how do we do that? I'm going to give you some practical things we're going to do. Kind of where we're going in the fall and what it looks like and how we're going to accomplish that over the next few minutes. First is this. I think what God's saying to us and what we need to do this fall is we need to have an encounter with God. I'm not talking about religious activity. I'm not even talking about Sunday morning. It's good. I'm glad we're coming. We need Sunday morning. I'm talking about a full-on, we're going to meet with Jesus. I need an encounter with God. And we normally do something called prepare at the beginning of every year. And we do it uh, at the first of the year as we start a year in January. But we felt strongly. Pastor Jeff felt strongly. As a lead team, we felt strongly. We felt strongly. We need to do a fall prepare. So next Monday, next Monday night, Tuesday night, and Wednesday night, we're gonna have evening services. But it's not just hey, we're gonna have evening services. We're gonna be intentional and go, God, I want more of you. So we're gonna have a time of fasting and praying. Now I know what you're thinking, whoa, whoa, whoa. fasting, Pastor Great, you said the F word, woo, drop the F bomb, woo, I don't do, I'll do a lot for Jesus, not eat food, we're gonna fast. What, what is fasting? Biblical fasting is restraining from food to focus your attention and your heart on Christ. It's to draw closer, to draw near. And I want to encourage you, just take a step. You maybe have never fasted before. Maybe you fast one day. Maybe you fast one day and now you fast two or three. Maybe you've done, there's different types of fasts. There's something called the Daniel fast where it's just vegetables and fruits and nuts. And maybe you've done that, but now you're going to do a just liquid fast, whatever it may be. We're gonna fast. We're gonna pray on those evening services. We'll have evening prayer six o'clock at night in this room. We'll do evening prayer, and so you can show up early. Come. We have childcare. We'll do prayer, and then we'll have service at seven o'clock. We're gonna actually some of our team and key leaders, or our team and some key leaders, will be here at noon. During Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, we're going to be praying in this room, praying for you, praying for needs. We'll have a prayer wall on the back. People will come in, and we'll have prayer cards, things that you're believing for God to do. You can write those down and pin them up on the wall. And Part of what we do for pre-service prayer at 6 o'clock before service, we pray over all those needs. If you're going, I got a need or 10, okay? Maybe you got 10 needs, all right? I'm going to write them all down, and look, we're going to pray for them. And we're going to see God move. And it's going to be an intentional time of going, God, I'm pursuing you. I'm coming after you. I need your presence. The presence of God is irresistible, and it's Jesus. It's not any person on this platform, not anyone with a microphone. It's not any special person or key leader. It is Jesus and Jesus alone that transforms lives and impacts hearts. And so we're going to have an encounter with God. That's what we're going to do this fall. That's what, that's what we're going to dial into. That's how we're going to gain vision. Here's the second thing we're going to do is we're going to gather together. Now, purposely, if you notice, gather together. Well, why did I do that? Well, well because of this. Because it's not what you're thinking. I'm not, it's not just simply in this room and in this building. It's gathered, biblical Christianity is centered around gathering together. And if you at some point as this has all thrown us out of whack and out of our routine, it's really hard to gather together and so we've been doing a lot online. And again, I've said it. Everyone's in a different place. But if you're gathering, gather with your family, gather with your friends, gather with your neighbors. Look at what Hebrews chapter 10 says. It says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. We should be spurring, encouraging, challenging one another on towards love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. You see, when you haven't gathered Together. When you haven't been at church, you haven't been gathering together for a week, two, ten, twenty weeks, can I tell you something? You can get in the habit of not gathering together. You can get the habit of being distant. And why is that dangerous? Because isolation, no one likes isolation, but isolation is the enemy's tool. That's his goal. Let me, let me get you off by yourself. The Bible says, as I read earlier in 1 Peter 5, 7, you continue to read in verse 8, it actually says, be sober-minded for your enemy. The enemy uh, prowls around like a roaring lion. That's what predatory animals do. Predatory animals want to isolate. And so it's in this season. The truth is, people are gathering together. They're gathering at their home with their neighbors or their friends or groups that they may feel comfortable with. They're gathering at the lake, they're gathering here, they're gathering. Well, then good. Awesome. Gather together, watch a part, get a watch party, watch online, but don't just throw it on in the background while you're having chips and salsa and go, "Oh yeah, we went to church." No. What if you actually like prayed together? What if you actually engaged in worship? See, it's harder to do when you're off by yourself. What if you actually like hey, well, let's stay connected. I'm going to check on you and I'm going to and why is that so important? Because what happens is when you gather together, you're able to move forward. I was reminded of that this week. There's a group of guys that we work out together, probably the last 8 or 9 months like consistently, almost pretty much 6 days a week. 2 weeks ago I was on vacation, and then the guy's house that we work out with, he was on vacation last week, so it was about two weeks. Now, I'm pretty disciplined. I'm disciplined enough. I worked out when I was on vacation. I've got stuff in my house. I worked out at home, but i tell you what, man, I can get after it and get it, but I was like, man, why is this so much harder, man? I just, and I started thinking, am I like, am I losing my motivation? I mean, I'm 42 now. And I don't know. Am I getting old? Am I not motivated anymore? I don't know. That wasn't it. You want to know what I missed? I missed the connection. I missed coming together and connect. You see, when you gather together, there's connection. And sometimes we think and we look, oh, well, I don't need to gather together because I don't need. You're like me, maybe. I'm self motivated. I don't need that motivation. I don't need that. I'm fine. Motivation is just a bonus. What you need is connection, and we all need it. You want to know how I know that? Because that's how God designed it. Not because that's your personality or not your personality. This is gathering together in groups. It's not just for a select group of people who aren't strong enough and who who just aren't motivated enough. No, if you're living and breathing, then you're designed and created as Christ designed and created you, which means you're designed and created for connection, which means you need to gather together because the thing you need is not motivation. The thing you need is connection. So we're going to gather together. We're gonna have an actual spiritual emphasis uh, series called United. We're gonna do this. It's gonna be a seven-part series. It's gonna start up in September. This is one we'll launch small groups. Many of you have asked about small groups. This is one we'll do them. We're gonna do small groups together. We're gonna to have this time. We're gonna study on the book of Ephesians. Ephesians is all about what are you not? Uh, what are you united to? What, what are you connected to? And so we're going to do this. We're going to have this spiritual emphasis series. We'll have on the weekend. We'll have the resources and material. If you're doing an online virtual group, if you're doing a group in person, whatever it is, we're going to resource you. We're going to do whatever it takes to help you gather together. Then here's the third thing we're going to do this fall. Is we're going to serve others. We're going to have practical, intentional ways of serving other people. I talked about the back-to-school drive. A few weeks ago, we did something called uh, Serve Day, which we do, big event, one time a year. But here's what we're going to do. We're going to take United in that series, and when you have a small group, we're going to encourage you, you know what? You guys find a serving opportunity. It may be your neighbor down the road and they had an elderly parent just move in with them. And that elderly parent needs a ramp to get in the house. And you may go, hey, guys, why don't we go build my neighbor a ramp? Let's do it. And your small group gets together and goes build a ramp for your neighbor down the road. Or maybe you start blessing someone that you work with and they don't live anywhere near you, but you heard of a need and you get your small group together and you go and do a serve project. And so we're going to have serve projects all fall. They're going to be created, facilitated by you, the church, being the church and serving other people. And it's going to be amazing because something happens when you begin to serve others. I'm going to share with you Amy's story. There were some men uh, and and, and a small group, really a small group, so it wasn't just men, but there was a small group of individuals who heard about Amy's need in the Keller area. And they found out about it and they served her. Let's watch this story together.
1: When I, met, when I met earlier this week with uh, Amy, she just showed me all the different pieces. I mean, a lot of this house has had uh, some things done to it halfway, need to be finished, so a lot of painting and uh, uh, the floor has been replaced, but all the transitions from tile to uh, the shower reno is probably the, um, the biggest thing to tackle. I have two adopted boys. They have a condition called arthrogryposis. It makes them have to have surgery on their feet to straighten out bones and difficulty walking long distances, difficulty with open stairs. And my 1974 never been remodeled home with a sunken living room and many little steps here and throughout the house that you don't really think about until all of a sudden you have to figure out how to get a wheelchair in and out and to the bathroom to brush teeth into the kitchen on a daily basis. I just can't seem to get it all finished. So when Milestone reached out to me and, and asked if there was anything I I needed, I'm like, well, I would love to bring home our next child to a house that was like actually like complete. It's very overwhelming because it's just a large sum of love coming into our house and it's such a blessing and again something that i never expected when they come it's just i may have to leave the room for a little bit (laughs) and compose myself serving is doing what's necessary that maybe someone can't do for themselves and giving of yourself
0: You see, this is what happens. This is the power of the church when we come together and serve others. This is what is going to happen all across Collin County as we serve other people and as we, we make way and make room for others. You see, the truth is this, is that the God's working and he's moving. He, he's doing a work in our heart. He's doing a work in our life. And COVID-19 didn't change the mission of the church. COVID-19 didn't change the mission of the church, and now more than ever, it's the time for the church to be the church. And we're going to get creative and, and, under, and, and learn how we can do that, and how do we do that in the context that we are living in, and being wise, and being aware, but yet still be who God's called us to be. You see, that's what it looks like to reach people and build lives. That's who you are, milestone. We're going to serve and we're going to love. And, and the truth is, this is in everyone's church. So everyone's gift and everyone's role everyone's role plays a part. I'm excited to see what God's going to do in and through you this fall. How he's going to meet you when you encounter him. Because we're going to be intentional about having encounters with God because it's the presence of God that's irresistible. How you're going to grow in relationship and connection When you gather together because the truth is our destiny is tied to our relationships and how blessed you'll be because you bless others because it's generosity that transforms as we serve people.